Um, right, we're up to Pilpula. It's mm-hmm. Pilpula, Lambert Vob on the base, and it's two lines above where it starts getting wide. Okay. Yeah. Pilpula. Now, Pilpula are sharp and dry peppers. Pilpula, Ravshashas on the Shahakal. Ravshashas is a brocha on if you eat that, it's Shahakal. The idea is that despite the fact that it grows on a tree, and therefore you might think you make a very free abdomen, since it's not commonly eaten on its own, you make a shahakal of one drochashish. Rava Omar Laiklum. Rava says you make no bracha on it at all because he considers it to be inedible. You can't eat it. But also Rava Latame. And Rava follows his own opinion, which he says somewhere else. The Omar Rava Rava says, Cast pilpula beyond the Kippura potter. Somebody who chews, well, the word cast means not only chews, but swallows it. So if you chew or swallow these peppercorns, they're called, on your kipper, you exempt your potter. Because that's not called eating. Something which is inedible, that's not called eating. And therefore you've done nothing wrong, so your potter on your kipper. And similarly, cast zangvila beyond the Kippura potter. Similarly, somebody who chews to swallow ginger on your kipper is also potter, also because it's inedible. So just as Robert considers these peppers uh, not that to be inedible, it's not called eating with regard to your kipper, so he considers it's not eating with regard to the broccoli as well, and you make no broccoli at all. Rosheshe says you say shahakal. Now, it says the Gemara Mesavay. Tomorrow's the Kasha. The Rebbe Meir used to say as follows. Now, there's a posse, the posset regarding Orla, which we've mentioned the fruit will be forbidden, Shalashonim, for three years. Yelachem, I read him like Achel, you mustn't eat. So ask the Gemara question now. I would may I'm a, me mashmashinem of Arasem or Lossa Espiria. Since the Possip says, you shall, the fruits of that tree are forbidden, and it mentions the word Piria, which is fruits. Don't I know we're talking about a, a tree which has got fruits or food tree? In other words, the word eitz machol, we don't need that there. Why, why are the words eitz machol stated in the posuk? So what do we learn? There must be something that we learn from the word eitz machol. The eitz machol is not redundant. We need it for the following reason. It comes to include in this law of Orla a tree where the wood and fruit are equal in taste. Because that's why it says the word eights machol, because eights is the tree, is the wood. The machol is the food. So where eights machol together, where the wood and the food taste the same, you still, Orla still applies. And that's what we learn out from eights machol. But Ezel, and which tree is this? They are pilpulin. This is the pepper tree. In other words, the pepper tree is unique, whether it's correct nowadays or not, I don't know, but obviously in the time of the Gemara, the pepper tree, the wood 
and the food tasted the same, the fruit and, and the wood. To teach you that peppers are subject to Orlok. And at the same time, the Lamzachar to teach you that the land of Eretz Yisrael is not lacking anything. As it says in the Pesach, Eretz, the land, in which you will eat bread without poverty, they will lack nothing in it. And that refers to the fact that they're peppers, even, that they're even peppers. So, but we can see from this that peppers must be edible, right? Because otherwise the prohibition of orla wouldn't apply. Orla only applies to edible fruits. Yes. Now, if, if we're saying that orla is applied to peppers, then these peppers must be edible fruits. So that's yeah. a kasha on robber, because robber says mm. you make no brocha because it's totally inedible. And similarly, yes. if you eat it on your kipper, you won't be chayv either. So it seems from this part of the, uh, from this uh, price that we brought along, it shows that they are edible. Answer the yes. Gemara like kasha. That's not difficult. Harbury, it tipta, hobby of The price which says that the, this pepper, the peppers are a food, and therefore the laws of Orla will apply. That's dealing with wet peppercorns. Harbiyavesta, where's the ruling of Rava, which says it's inedible, that deals with dry peppercorns, and they, they're only used, they use the spices, and they're not fit to be eaten alone. So in other words, it's not a theory at all. We have an answer. One is when it's, when it's uh, dry, then it's inedible. When it's wet, then it's edible. Only Ravonna and Ravonna said to Marema, we, we mentioned before, that the ginger, if you swallow ginger on your kipper, again your potter, because it's inedible. Now, did Robert really say this? Well, I'm a robber because Robert said elsewhere, hi, Hamalta. Hamalta, it's a paste. It's made with ginger and with honey in it. This Hamalta, the Ostama Behindoy, which seems it comes from India, Sharia is mutter. And Rashi explains when he says it's mutter, there's no bishwalakum on it. We're not worried either that the utensils um, that we use for it, that there was something non-kosher and the flavour of that would have got gone into this uh, Ginger. But in any case, now the reason why there's no Bishalakum, because Bishalakum, the reason why Bishalakum came about, the Gemara by the Zara, because a barrier should, was, was erected between, we, we shouldn't socialize too much with Akum, because it might lead to intermarriage, and therefore food which is cooked by them we shouldn't have. However, if it can be eaten raw, then it's okay, then it's not, in, in other words, if you've got a food that can be eaten raw, then even if it is cooked by a guy, that's not, doesn't come under bishalakum. Now, obviously here we say there's no bishalakum, obviously, because what we mean is it can be eaten raw. It can be eaten raw. So obviously Robert does consider this raw ginger as being edible. 
right? Because it's not a food, it's not considered a food with, in which special outcome applies. So see, clearly this is Robert seems to be a steer. On the one hand, Robert says that the ginger on your kipper, since it's not edible, therefore, if you eat it on your kipper, there's no problem. You're not high. But however, we say a ginger paste here that we have, you, you, not only that, the Gemara carries on and says, we even make a Vopriyadama on it. So certainly it must be edible. This seems to be a stir on Robert. So again, answer the same Kasha, like Kasha, the second ruling of rubber, which considers ginger edible, that ceiling, with when it's wet, moist ginger. But when it's dry, then it's inedible, then you can't eat it, and then you're not high your kipper. Right, let's carry on. Chavitz Kadeira. Now, Chavitz Kadeira is as follows. It's, it's sort of like a pudding or porridge, if you want. And it's made of flour, honey, and oil. So we say, And daisa is a porridge made from wheat. But daisa is, it's not from flour. It's sort of the, the wheat is pounded in a mortar. That's what Rashi says. And therefore, the wheat is a bit coarse. It's not fine. But in any case, it's made of wheat. And it's sort of made into some sort of a pudding or porridge. Rabbi Huda, I know Rabbi Huda says shahakal near Bedvara. I say shahakal. Rav Kana Omar, Rav Kana says Bari Minimazinus. You make a Bari Minimazinus on this. Now, it's not clear on which one do you say, which one do you not say. So now the Gemara goes on to explain exactly what this price is, is, is all about, and what this argument is about. And he says as follows But dice are greater. When are you talking about a cooked cereal which is made from flour? Kula almalad pligi is a bioreminimizonis. Everyone agrees that the broch over there is bioreminimizonis. Keep pligi. So when, where is the machlaikas between Rav Yehuda and Rav Kana? The daisa ke'en chavitz gadeira. When you've got a daisa which is made similar to a chavitz gadeira, it's mixed and cooked with a large amount of honey. So it's not only, you haven't got the sort of only the wheat part of it, but you've got, it's mixed with honey. Now, now we explain what the Bryce meant before. Rabbi Yudah Meshachachor, Rabbi Yudah says Shachachor. Why? Because he holds the honey to be the primary ingredient of the food. Because the, the, we, we mentioned that it's a large amount of, of, of uh, honey that goes into that. So the volume of the honey is more than the volume, the volume of the diet of the porridge, of the mazonas part of it. So therefore, your whole dubsha is ikar. And therefore, since the honey is the most important part of it, or the largest amount of it, therefore you say, Shahapal, which you say on honey. Rav Kana Omar, Rav Kana says, Sova Smida Ika, because he holds the flour to be the primary ingredient. Now, this seems, needs a little bit of explaining. We've just said that the majority, if you've got this mixture of a porridge, which comes from wheat, and there's a lot of, and the, and the majority of it is honey. You pour honey into it, and the honey is more than the wheat. So if so, we understand the first one that Rabbi Huda says the the um, the honey is the primary ingredient, 
because there's more honey there than there is uh, the wheat. But how can you say that this smidows liquor? The answer is as follows, as we, as we will see in the Gemara shortly, that there is halacha, I think we've mentioned it before, that anything that is mixed with one of the chameshes minedogon, which is the chameshes minedogon is wheat, barley, oats, spelt and rye, and that's what you make vitamin zonis on, as soon as that is mixed with anything else, even though it's the minority, you still make a very minimum And halachically, we hold like that. And I'll give you a proof. When you have a piece of cheesecake, you've got 95% cheese, and you've only got a little layer of dough on top and underneath. So you might think, well, you should make a shahakal because the vast majority of that piece of cheesecake is cheese. So here comes the answer. The answer is, that once, because of the chashivas, the importance of the chameshes mine dogon, which are mentioned in the potter, therefore we say that anything in a mixture in which vizinus is mixed, even though it's a minority ingredient, we still make a barium in vizinus. So that's the machlokas between Rabbi Yehuda and Rav Kana. And Omar of Yosef, Rav Yosef says, Kavaseja Rav Kana Mistabra. What Rav Kana said, i.e., that where you've got this mixture of wheat and honey, even though the honey is more, you still say a mazayus. And what Rav Kahana says we seems to be seems more reasonable than what Rav Yudah says. Why? So Rav Shmuel's Amritravai, because Rav Shmuel's Amritravai said together, in the case of any food that contains something of the chameshes ha'minin and the five species of grain, b'varach and olav barim in mazayus. Now, you see, it says culture yes by That means it contains something of the five species of grain, even if the five species of grain are in the minority. And now the Gomorrah goes on to explain it. Gufa. Rabbi Shmuel's Amrish Rabbi, or Rabbi Shmuel both say as follows. Culture yes by which is what we just had before, anything that contains something of the five species, even if the five species I am the minority. We say And then Rabbi Shmuel Rabbi Shmuel both said together a second member, which says not well, remember the first one was culture yes by But they also mentioned culture who Any food that is of the five species of grain, Now they, they sound very similar. Why do we need both? So the Gemara explains why we need both. The Tzricha, it was necessary for Rav and Shmuel to teach us both these things. Why? The Iyash on culture who, if we would have learned culture who that means where the Chamesh Saminim is either completely on its own or it's the majority. I would have said, we should be Isa it's only because the grain is there on its own or it's in the majority. That's why we say a bioreminimus. But if it's a minority ingredient, you wouldn't say you wouldn't say mazinus. Therefore, they said culture yes boy, any food that contains something, yes boy, not culture who. Culture who is means it's only got the mazinus ingredient. Or certainly the majority, at least. 
Kosher Yeshva means as long as there's any mazalas in it. So Kamashalan Kosher Yeshva, any food that contains something of the Khamashis Minyadogon, even though the grain is a minority component, nevertheless, you still say Bari Minimazanas. Now, what about the other way around? If we would have said Kosher Yeshva, even something that any food that contains something of the five species of grain, if we would have just said, Rabbi Shemal would just would have said that, we wouldn't have needed the other one because we would have said Kalvachana, if already is a biomimim mazidus, where the minority ingredient is a mazidus, Kalvachana, how much more so if it is entirely of, of mazidus, or certainly if it's a majority. So what do we need the second one for? So the answer is, it's like this. Yashmin and Kochi Yeshvai, if it would have told us that any food that contains something of the five species of grain, in other words, a minority, Havamina, I would have said, if it was just been on that ruling alone, I would have said, Kochi Yeshvai, Chamesh Tamin, in end. Any food that contains something of the five species, yes, we say Mazinus on it, even though the grain is only a minority. Aval Iris Vadaichan, like, but where, where you have got Iris Vodaychen, there's big machlok is exactly what Iris Vodaychen is, but we take on traditionally Iris is rice and Dyson is millet. Right? Now these are grain-like foods, and we will find even afterwards in the Gemara there is a man the Omar who says they have the same, they're in the same category as Hamashas Haminim. Right? Halach Lamais, we don't hold that. They're not like Hamashas Haminim. But if you would have said culture, yes, for Khamesh Aminin, I would have said M. Only food that contains something of the five species we say Mazinus, even though the grain is a minority. But Iris and Zyphon, no. No, no. But uh, where we got Iris and Zyphon, then we do not say Mazinus, Mashumas Ali Deitarulas, where it's a minority. But Easter for N. But I would have said that if you have the rice or millet on its own, or as a majority, Name up in Iris and Nami. We would say, even, we would say, Mabarakan love Varyamin and Mazinus. We would say Varyamin and Mazinus, even in Iris and Dyson. Kamash Malam. Therefore, Rabbi Shimon had to teach us culture who Mechameshus Aminim. The stress is under Mechameshus Aminim. Any food that is of the five species, meaning who's in Mabarakan love Varyamin and Mazinus, is only on the five minutes. The Hamesh Saminim, which, as we said, is um, wheat, barley, oats, spelt, and rye, only on those five things do we say Mazinus. La Fuke Iris Mazinus, to exclude Iris Mazinus, the Philo Isab N, even if it's on its own or it's a majority, Lyam Mabarachin and Alea Barimazinus, we don't say Barimazinus. So it comes out from here. That when it comes to Mazinus, if there's a Mazinus in there, even if it's in a minority, we say a Barimid Mazinus. Right? But as to what do you call it, as as far as um as far as Iris Vadaichan is Afila Esabaev, even if it's completely there in the majority, we still don't make a Bari Mazinus. I mean, we know that Alokalabaisa, we do make a Mazinus on rice. Right? Mm. And the Gomorrah will discuss that afterwards. Not everybody all, does. Sorry? Not everybody makes a broccoli. Yeah, all right, there's a discussion, but I think it's generally taken on cooked rice, particularly, one, one, one makes a mazinus, and then, then the Gemara will ask, well, if you make a mazinus, do you also make an alamechot? 
Well, you don't. You make a biomimic silence. Now, what's the reason? The reason why most people make a biomimic silence on rice is because rice satisfies. In other words, the whole reason of the chametz amilin, these are five, the staple diet which satisfies and nourishes you. Well, rice and millet is, are in the same category, but we're not finished yet with rice and millet. We, we still carry on about it. The Oras of the diet, so ask the question now. The I don't know whether she's, all right, we'll start this. Okay, although it's run, we're running a bit late. Um, I don't know whether we should. Hmm. Well, now I think, I, I think we'll leave this till next time because it's a bit complicated and I'm going to have to rush it to finish it in time. So what I'll do is, let's just repeat what we've sort of learnt this evening. Pilpolo, which we said, which are dry, spicy peppers, known as peppercorns. Rosh Sheshesh is shahakal. It's changed to the worst from its original state, and it's not commonly eaten. And despite growing on a tree, where you normally say, I don't know you say shahakal. Rather says no broth at all, because these peppercorns are inedible. And Robert says, if you chew and you swallow the peppercorn onion kipper, and similarly ginger as well, you are potter, because it's inedible, it's not food. So he goes to the shitose and says the same way that onion kipper, if you eat it, it, it you're, you're not punished because it's inedible. So similarly, regarding uh, when you eat it, you don't have to make a brocha. Now, says the Gemara, we have the potter when it comes to Oralah, and it mentions the word eitz machol. Now, the Gemara asks, we said that araltem oralata is period. The fruits are also. Now, so you know it's a fruit tree. So why do you have to mention eitz machol? So it comes to include in the is of Oralah a tree whose wood and fruit taste the same. And what is it? What is such a tree? The pepper tree. Now, and we say that the pepper tree, so we see um, that they are edible because if they would not be edible, they wouldn't be high by Arlov. That's a kasha and Robert says it's not edible. So the answer is the bryser which says it's edible, we're talking about moist pepper. The bryser which says it's inedible is dry pepper. Another question, which is asked against Robert, because he says ginger is also considered not edible, not considered eating on Yom Kippur. So, this, so then we quote a brighter that a paste with ginger and honey, which comes from India, is not because there's no bishal akum concerning this, which proves you can eat it. Because mm. as we say, with bishal akum, if you can eat something raw, that's why it's not awesome. So obviously you can eat it raw. And even and the broch and, and the brighter even carries on to say you can make an hard on it. So how can you say ginger is inedible? You make a broch on it, and there's no bishul akum, which proves that it's edible. So again, we answer the same that the, when this paste is wet, it's edible. When it's dry, it is inedible. Right. Then we carried on that dicer, which is a sort of a pudding stroke porridge made from flour, honey, and oil. As well as this other porridge from coarse wheat. Rabbi says you say shahakal, Rabbi Khan says you say Mazinus. Now the Gemara explains how the argument works. It's regarding plain dicer, which is cooked cereal from flour. Everyone agrees that's Mazinus. But when a large amount of honey is added, Rabbi Yehuda says shahakal, because the majority of ingredient is honey. 
And Rav Kahn says it's Mazonus, because Mazonus is always the Ica, even if it's in the minority, as, as even if it's in the minority to the honey, there's more honey there than the Mazonus part. Nevertheless, and we had a call, as we explained, we have a principle that because of the Hashiv, the importance of Mazonus, even if it's in the minority, it still takes over and we say Mazonus. And Rabbi Yosef said it's more reasonable to rule like Rav Kahama, that's Mazonus, because both Rav Shul say, if you have a mixture in which Mazonus is there, even if it's in the minority, we say Mazonus. Then we had, as follows, we had two sayings which Rav Shmuel said. One is, we say, that means, even if it's got something of the five grades, then you say Mazonus, meaning it's the it, Meaning the Chameshus Aminim is the minority, and then also culture who may Chameshus Aminim went the majority. So Rav and Shmuel they say two things: any food that contains something of the Chameshus Aminim, which is in a wheat barley oat spelt rye, we say Mazinus, and any food that's from Chameshus Aminim, we say Mazinus. Now, why do we need both statements? These two statements seem to be saying exactly the same thing. Mm-hmm. So we said like this, if you would say culture who, where the majority is the Mazinus, I would have said, well, that's because it's the majority. Mm. But if it's the minority, then you wouldn't say. If you say culture yes, but even if it's the minority. And then similarly, if you would have said even minority, you still say, even if there's a minority of flower there, you still say Mazinus, then I would have known by Carvel Heiner that, that if it's a majority. So why do I need, why do I need Robert Schwartz to say that? So then I would have said only the five species, but say rice or millet, orange and zoichon, we don't say mazinus if it's a minority, but if it's a, major, a majority, we would say mazinus. Therefore, we brought the second memra of culture who, where there's a majority. Only culture who may chameshus haminin, the stretches may chameshus haminin, only it's from the five million. If it's chameshus haminin, we say the mazinus. To come and exclude rice and millet, that even on its own, or even if it's a majority, we don't say Mazinus because it's not considered part of the Chamesh Hashamidim. And I think that's where we stop. Yes, that's where we stop. That's where we'll carry on. Have a wonderful Pesach, everybody. Uh, and, uh, perfect Pesach.